Let's open in prayer this morning. Father, we worship you and praise you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace, mercy. God, I thank you for your justice. For without your justice and your righteousness, there is no forward movement. I thank you for that. I thank you for what you're doing. Father, this morning, I ask that you fill my mouth with your words. That you do your will. I give you my will. I give you my hands and my feet. I give you my mouth, my eyes, my ears. Do with me as you please. What I ask for most of all, Father, is your heart. Not your heart toward me. Because I already know that. But your heart toward your son's bride. Allow me to see them how you see them. I ask for the presence of your Holy Spirit, the filling of your Holy Spirit to do your will. I ask for your Holy Spirit to descend upon everyone that you have planned to hear these words. Again, to do your will. That your will be done on earth as you have planned it in heaven. We worship you, Lord, and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord says, where is my bride? Where are those who would be mine? Where are those who, from their mouths, speak that they are mine, but in their lives, they live a complacency. Of my enemy. Where is my bride? Where is the passion of this generation? For their passions are misplaced, their passions are placed on self. Instead of selfless. I have heard my children. I have heard their cries 
to me. I have heard this remnant that is faithful. And I will act. It has already begun. Gold can only be purified through fire. Where it separates that which is usable to that which is not. I call for that passion of this generation. Call for it to be turned to me. I call for it to be turned to my son. (laughs) I don't know where to start this morning. Because he has given me so much. And yet, all of it can be summed up in a few sentences. Which he just did. Let's begin in his word. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Before we begin, this piece is for ignition, this piece is for the remnant. Whether you call yourselves ignition or not is beside the point. You are ignition because ignition is not just us. Ignition is his ready bride. So for the remnant out there, there is a fast that is upon us. This fast is a 10-day fast. It will go up to the beginning of Passover or Good Friday, which is at 6 p.m. Friday evening, not this week, but the next. If you begin your fast in the evenings, it will begin on the 31st. And end on the tenth in the evening. If you begin it in the in the morning or at midnight to do a full day, then it would begin on the first and go through the tenth. But this fast is a fast for this country. 
in many ways to the remnant, this fast is a test. If you will engage. If you will unify. If you will come together for his purpose. It isn't about what you do in this fast. The Lord will speak that to you directly and personally. It is the heart's purpose for why you do this that is important. When we were before the Lord a couple of nights ago, I had asked him, or we had asked him about this fast. And he made a comment that I want to share with you. These were his words. Food is for the body and the body for food. But one day both of these will perish. What you eat is so much less important than why you eat. Trust what I am saying to you and really hear what I am saying to you. It's not about deciding what you're going to do for this fast and then just gritting through it. Obedience is a part of it, but the why is the importance of it. This fast in particular is for this country, the United States of America. It is not for what we're in right now although that is part of it. It is for a day that is coming. There is a period of time coming I will not say when, but I will say it is between now In July 31st, there will be a 10-day period, this period of testing. It will test this country. It will test the remnant. It will draw people to Jesus that have never been drawn before. It will push people from him that have never been pushed before. This testing period is not to bring fear, but fear will come. For the United States will not look like the United States. It will look like a country that we are unfamiliar with. A control that we're unfamiliar with. But rest assured, this is not the work of the enemy. The fear part is. But not what happens. What happens is what I have been saying since last September. And what the Lord has been speaking to many since last September and last fall. 
It is not about it being his will. It is about being his justice. As I have said in past weeks, this one is a warning for the bride. The words he gave me was a shot across the bow. For those who are sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, those who know Jesus Christ as Savior, they cannot be targeted in this judgment. They cannot be. However, it does not mean that they will not feel the effects of it. For first, they will see what is going on around them. But the portion that does come from the enemy is the portion they cannot give in to. And that is fear. For if you give in to fear, then you become a target. You then give authority to be targeted. In this we find the test. Who among the bride is going to trust him? Who among the bride will believe beyond what they see? Beyond this world. Who in the bride will press into him? And let his voice be heard. First Corinthians chapter three, verse one. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Even now, you are not ready for it, for you are still of the flesh. I'm going to go down to verse 10. According to the grace God has given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. And someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. This is in two different categories. Don't assume this is just for teachers, just for pastors, although it applies to them greatly. They're held heavily responsible for what they build. But each one is responsible for their own relationship. Each one is responsible to build with Christ their own relationship. He is the foundation. The foundation is not rebuilt. But the home that is built on top of the foundation is what we are responsible for. Said, let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. 
that is done, that is complete, is finished. Verse 12. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. This is talking about John 15, that pruning. This is talking about the relationship that he builds within us, between he and us, personally. And as John 15 said, to the one who produces fruit, the Father prunes to produce more fruit. That's the building process. We have a choice to build with what we want to build with. Will it be out of selfishness or will it be out of selflessness? Verse 13, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it, disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. There is fire coming that will test your relationship with the Lord. And that fire is even here. That testing is for the refinement of who you are. Don't look outside of yourself. Don't look at your neighbor. Don't look at your brother, your sister, your mother, your children. Look at yourself. But that is your responsibility. Verse 14. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives through this testing, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. Though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. This judgment is not to take your salvation away. That cannot happen. When you are saved, you are always saved. You are saved until you receive your inheritance. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. But these are the very rewards, the very placement in eternity that God promises to those who are faithful to Him. But I take us back to the beginning. Verse 1, But brothers, I could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ, fed you with milk. He was hoping to be able to give them enough to begin the process of their own build. Like giving them materials to build with. But they sat there. They didn't use the very materials that he gave. And when Paul came back, he realized... I just have to give you more milk. I have to give you more materials. Because you're not listening 
to what I have already said. The fact of the matter is this. The, du- the bride is a duplicitous bride. She's been told what to do. She knows what to do. And chooses not to. Others have had more opportunities. Some have had more opportunities than others. Some have been exposed to truth longer than others. You will be held with greater responsibility. You have a choice. You have a choice in this first time. You have a choice to go beyond the milk and listen to what he says. Listen to what he teaches in his word. Don't take what he teaches in his word and set it aside because, well, that doesn't make sense or that's out of my comfort zone. I don't understand that. So I'm going to set that aside because I'm going to stick with what I have. Because what you have is going to burn. What you have is wood, hay, and stubble. You light a might, uh, you light a match to that, and it goes up in flames. We have. This judgment through July 31st. I want you to understand what's coming beyond that. Because this first time is an opportunity for the bride to say yes to the Lord. This is your wake up call. This is your opportunity to begin to eat meat. To understand the depths of his heart, and not just the intellect of what you see in black and white. This is an opportunity for you to engage with the Holy Spirit who promises and who has been sent to teach. There will be many who do not. This judgment that ends on July 31st, as I said, is only the beginning. As it ends July 31st, then there will be a time of rest. There will be a time of hope. There will be a time of rebuilding. The Lord has said to me that that time is for the testing of the decisions made right now. The decisions of pressing into Him, of giving Him your yes, of allowing the very passion that is innate in your soul to come out for Him, not caring about those around you, not caring about what they'll say. Oh, do not worry about what people think of you. 
you know, Lord had me write this down. Something else that he told me. And I, I share this. I didn't know if, if he'd have me share it or not, but he had me bring it. And all the things that he said he wants me to speak. And I said I would. There is nothing in my heart that wants to hold back what he wants to say through me. But he said this to me, you will be called a heretic. This is the father. You will be called a heretic, as John was. You will be called blasphemer, as Paul was. You will be called traitorous and false prophet, as my son Jesus was. But know this, by me, you will be called redeemed. By me, you will be called righteous. By me, you will be called conqueror. By me, you will be called the one who prevails. By me, you will be called beloved. By me, you will be called son and friend. I will reveal to you what you are to say. I will not do it here. Because by me, you will be called faithful. I am no different than any of you. He wants everybody, his entire bride, to press in without walls, without barriers, without the paradigms in their minds stopping them from pressing in. Woe to those who have had this opportunity. Woe to those who have been close and who have seen and who have mocked or who have questioned and turned away. His spirit is one spirit. It will reconcile with itself. When we hear something that we're unfamiliar with, as we draw close to him, our spirit will have peace with what is said through his spirit because it is the same spirit. I am not asking you to believe me. It has nothing to do with me. I am asking you to press in. For the same Lord who speaks to me will speak to you. The same Lord who speaks to me will show his love for you. 
but you put up the walls because of your own traditions. You put up the walls because of your own desire for control. How's that working for you? It's not. What's worse is it will not. Because life as we know it will never be the same. It will never be the same. For some, that will be negative. For the bride, for the remnant, for the ready bride, this is what we have been praying for. You know, the Father has heard our prayers for years and years and years, asking Him to bring His kingdom here. Asking Him to to stop the oppression that His bride has felt. Not realizing that the very oppression is coming from inside our own walls. It's like a young boy getting beat up every day after school. Because that little boy didn't know how to defend himself and didn't know the power that he had until he trusted and until he stepped even through fear he stepped and God showed him something very different we don't have to be afraid of what's coming This judgment coming is the very answer to our prayers. Because what God is doing is he is bringing his bride to a place of covering this world, of leading this world. Why? So the bride can? No. So Jesus can One day Jesus will come physically and rule the earth through Jerusalem in the thousand year reign. That's not what I'm talking about. Because the entire mystery that was a mystery in the Old Testament that began began to be revealed by by Paul and has not fully even been revealed is what God is doing through his church. But now, 2,000 years later, he is beginning to reveal. And the full mystery is going to be revealed over the next few years. That comes at a great cost. Because everything of value has cost. As I was saying before, we're going to have this time of trial until July 31st. Then we will have a period of time to prove out the decisions that we've made during this time. Then there will be real testing. 
there will be three and a half years of very difficult, difficult testing. It will be aimed at two types of people. It will be aimed at the world. The world that has treated his children so poorly. But then secondly, it will be aimed at those who know the Lord, but have a complacency of lukewarm. I'm not going to get into the details of what that is, but it will be three and a half years, the Lord told me. It will begin sometime after the first of the year. This is not years in the future. We're here. It's now. It is time to say yes to him. I want you to turn should turn to Revelation chapter 3. And I know this, this was the church of Sardis. This is what I was doing on the next video. And perhaps this will replace that. We'll see. Or maybe I'll, I'll do it a little bit more tomorrow. But I want you to go to Revelation chapter 3 at the beginning to the church, this letter to the church in Sardis. but I'm going to start at verse 3. Remember what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. Remember what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. If you will not wake up, and he is speaking to his bride right now, If you will not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Don't assume this is lumped in with the resurrection, with with the rapture verses. This is not about the rapture. He says, you will not know what hour I will come against you. Wait a second. God's a God of mercy. God's a good God. He's full of love and hope and peace and all these good things. Rest assured that all those things have a cost. And that cost is righteousness. That cost is purity. Not purity by walking in a way that you can live by a list and not do things. That's not purity. Some of the most haughty people were the Pharisees that Jesus went against that walked righteously. He even said that, but their hearts were not righteous. Their hearts were for themselves. 
You don't know what day or what hour I will come against you. He is coming with his sharp two-edged sword that divides. Jesus even said, I did not come to bring peace, but to bring a sword. And what do you think happened? First of all, he didn't bring peace. He brought division. Even to this day, division within the families, division within churches. Division within the bride, between church and church. Did he bring it because that's what he wanted? No, he brought it because there's a cost of righteousness. And there's a cost of doing his will. That cost is letting him lead. Not leading from our own prowess, from our own capabilities. And when he comes and and leads through his bride who will literally be an authority over the entire earth, it will be a readied bride who Jesus leads through. It is not the people in the bride that are leading. It is because he is placing people into position who know how to let him lead through their lives. That's what he wants. That's the mystery of the church. That Jesus will rule this earth through his bride, not through the bride's desires, not through their own talents, but because they have built relationship with Jesus and know his voice. And when they're put into position of making decisions, they know the decision he tells them to make. By proxy, Jesus will rule this earth. And then his bride will be ready. He will come and get his bride. Because that time... The intention of that time is to make Israel jealous. Israel, who has rejected the very Messiah they keep praying for. But there will come a day where they know. Because they will see him at work on this earth through his bride. That's the hope. And this judgment that we speak of, that we have to go through, that this world goes through, is a refining by fire to bring the very righteousness. Not that he wants, but that he has to have. See, God is merciful. God is gracious. God is loving. God is kind. But he is righteous. We may be able to stand before a righteous God in the sin of our flesh and receive salvation because of the blood of His Son. But that's something very different than standing before a righteous God and being called to a position.
or being called to leadership. Whatever level that leadership is. That comes from the relationship that you are building with him. The purification of your voice becoming his voice. You giving over your will to him. So literally what he does through you flows through you. And it's not your own choices that you think, well, you know, this sounds good, so I'll do this. That's not good enough. We have to have the heart of God as his bride so he can make the decisions through us. He said he would come like a thief. And he's coming. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Starting at verse 2. Verse two For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And that's not so much the part that I want to speak on, but it's verse 3. While people are saying there is peace and security, then suddenly destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. Isn't it typical that the bride wants the baby without the pains of birth? doesn't work that way. And again, he says, you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. See, it doesn't have to surprise us. We don't have to be surprised by what is coming. We don't have to be brought down because of what is coming. In fact, we can be excited and encouraged over what is coming. And I am. But understand what he says here. Verse 3, while people are saying there is peace and security, suddenly they will experience the destruction. Isn't it interesting how easily we become complacent in ourselves? I want you to go back to Revelation chapter 3. Because this speaks of so much of the bride right now. The second part of verse 1. I know your works. This is the church in Sardis. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. See, what makes a good church? What makes a good church service? Oh, they have a really awesome worship team. Or an incredible choir. 200 voice choir. They have fantastic musicians. 
They have great soloists. They have a preacher who can preach and and just is so eloquent and can say all the right things that make me feel so good and be done in 20 minutes. This bride right now has a reputation of being alive, but she is dead. She is dead because there is no unity. There is no unity because there is no connection with the Holy Spirit. It says further in Revelation 3, Buy from me pure gold that has been refined in the fire. Now is your time. Do not hold back. Do not hold back from the Lord, for it will cost you greatly. He will have much more. But this is what he has today. There is a 10-day period coming between now and July 31st where it will be easy to give in to great fear. Don't. Don't take your own protection into your own hands. Press into him. For if you are a child of God and you have eyes to see and ears to hear, perhaps he will open your eyes as he did the servant of Elisha. And you will see what surrounds you. For there is an army far greater than you can ever imagine that is here for you. But this same army will not protect you in these times unless you press into him. Unless you give him your yes. Stop trying to intellectually understand it all because you're not going to. He demands faith because that's what pleases him. No one will be able to prove this to you but him. No one can take the step that is required in your life but you. Alexis, come on up. I'm going to only pray and close this out with a prayer. Father God, I praise you. God, I thank you. I thank you for this word, Lord, and 
your love for us that is the challenge to draw us closer to you god you you love us so much that you don't want as a jealous god you don't want anything blocking hindering becoming a barrier to that pure relationship that you desire god i just thank you and praise you for that passionate fierce love god you are so holy you are holy you are a holy god and with your holiness and your righteousness comes your justice god you tell us in galatians 6 7 and 8 that be not deceived we are not to be deceived by the enemy because you will not be mocked for whatever a man sows that shall he also reap so if he sows to the flesh he will reap corruption and if he sows to the spirit he'll reap life everlasting how could we not think father that these times would be upon us we don't need to look far at all to see god the corruption the depravity the complacency the evils all around us the blood sacrifices of our children through abortion the lack of prayers the leniency on sexual purity on and on god how could we not think that when those things are sown that we will not reap the corruption that you will deal with in your righteous judgment with the just holiness that you are god so then you go on to say in verse 9 and let us not be weary then in well doing for in due season we as we seek your face we will reap if we faint not god i thank you that you long for this relationship and you also reward that faithfulness with more of you god i ask in the name of jesus that that people would seek your face to hear your voice god as people tout many things that you're saying god we can be in unity when we just seek you as you had greg share in one of his recent messages god you you reminded us that if we don't hear your voice and we just listen to man we'll be tossed to and fro double minded tossed by the waves that James speaks of but when we hear you when we recognize your voice you speak in unity to your people who seek your face so god i pray that you would heighten the awareness of all of the ways that you communicate through your word through our thoughts god that we not fear that we might be hearing other voices and so therefore shut down all voices but god to trust you to declare as paul said in 1 timothy 1:12 that i know whom i have believed i know him that he is able to keep to keep that within my heart that he is able to keep that which i have committed unto him against that day god we are in that day god we seek you we cling to you and i pray that people would cling to you god because you have not given us 
the spirit of fear, which is a spirit. Second Timothy one seven. God, you have given us your love, your power and the soundness of our mind who that when it is stayed on thee, we will have a perfect peace. Isaiah 26, three. God, your word is just there. There's just a plethora of promises to choose from. I thank you, God. I thank you, God, that you hold us. But God, the protections in Psalm 91 are clear that it is he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. God, help us to dwell there, to abide there, God. And I thank you, God, that this is, these are the coming days that are the actual answers to the cries of the hearts of those who are sold out to you, God. The cries of our heart to see justice done, to see evils purged, to see them rise, to be seen plainly, to be dealt with, God. And you are dealing with them now. This is the, the shaking. This is the shaking us out of things we didn't even sometimes know we were caught in. The routine of going to church, the routine of, of meeting with our small groups and all those things that are wonderful, but sometimes literally get in the way of that pure relationship with you. So God, I thank you for this shaking. God, it is a delight to our hearts that this purity come because when we really, really want you, you know what it takes for us to find you. And you are drawing your people to yourself. I praise you for that. I praise you for that. Let us heed this word. Let us heed it with a boldness. And speak it. And give you praise and faith with our lips. Even when those around us who also declare their believers may even be the ones who mock and come against us. God, I pray for them, for each shaking, the shaking of each person, God. We love you, God. We love you, and I know your love for everyone. You just want pure, refined gold. Thank you, God. Deepen this word in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty and holy name, amen.